Hi, I'm Adrienne. I help people tell the stories they were told not to talk about. Maybe by their own inner critic. Maybe by the world. Either way, I'm here to serve as a kind of story midwife, birthing these beautiful naked narratives and helping them thrive. Telling our own stories and speaking our own truth should be the easiest thing in the world, but it's not. We all get blocked. We all feel censored, stymied, or silenced at times. We struggle to find the right entry point, to articulate the message we want to convey, and to identify the ideal audience to receive it. And that, my friends, is where I come in. I'm a professional brand voice consultant and story coach. I help entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, storytellers, and anyone else who is ready to start living out loud to deliver their authentic voice directly to those who most need to hear it. Are you ready to get authentic? Good, because that's allowed. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the That's Allowed podcast. I'm your hostess, Adrienne McKeon, and today we're here with Kate Emerald. She is the founder of Life of Emerald, and she's spearheading a global healing movement to shed the stigma around mental health and tap into ancient wisdom to liberate as many humans as possible. She believes life is meant to be enjoyed as a game that we choose to play, and I completely agree with that, so I am thrilled to have Kate on here today. And Kate has an unbelievable story to share with us today. I I have to tell you, it brought me to tears when I first uh, read her story. She has overcome some just uh, unbelievable injustices in her life. uh, And I am just thrilled to have her here today. Welcome, Kate. Thank you. Nice to be here, Adrienne. Yeah. So, Kate... I always start with this question. What is the story you're not telling? Mm, I'm not telling the story that um, is meant to be heard by many people who's gone through a lot of, um, um, I say, misunderstanding labels and injustices, like you say. And that's the story I am ready to tell. Okay. So where does it start for you? It starts in 2009. I was working at a, um, in Seoul, financial district, mm-hmm. working with the college graduates and corporate uh, executives. Um, I was teaching English then. And I was very driven to um, be successful in my career. So I was working about 12 hours a day yeah and it's quite normal in asian culture work workaholism and i thought it was normal and one day (laughs) i thought okay i this is too much for my body to handle yeah Uh, i want to revisit my friends in california so i submitted a resignation letter to the company and here i went i booked a ticket and i Um, went to San Francisco and at the time I was in communication with my uh, friend uh, who a year earlier we were dating and yeah so we remained friends and I stopped uh, in San Francisco because some of my friends were there en route to Washington DC as President Obama was um, 
um, becoming the president of the United States, the inauguration was happening. Mm-hmm. And so finally I went and in San Francisco, I checked into a hotel, which I happened to have an experience with um, eerie, you know, eerie ghosts, I simply said. So there was and a ghost in your hotel room? Yeah, I experienced that. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to say more about the experience or just leave it at that? I can do a brief um, explanation of that. Yeah, I think so, we'd love to hear it. Yeah. Um, it was in Marina in San Francisco, and I went out um, to, you know, party. Mm-hmm, sure. <laughs> and then came back to uh, rest. Mm-hmm. And as I was walking up to my hotel room on the second floor I heard a baby scream and like adults screaming and mm-hmm. and I knew where it was coming from so I went I walked there and um, within the hotel vicinity and I knocked on the door because I didn't want the kids to cry and you know I wanted to help sure so I knocked on the door yeah and the sound just disappeared so I felt, okay, this is weird. I went back to my room and like, you know, when you feel something's not right. Absolutely. Where you don't see it, right? I felt that. So I turned on my TV just to have company of some noise. And I, I don't know what, what, you, what you call that, but I felt like a hand coming across the pillow like swooping me right i don't know if it was an imagination but i personally felt that so i'm breaking mm-hmm. out and i'm trying my best to fall asleep get over like do everything to get over this night so that tomorrow i check out and then i can tell my friend about it so i can feel like some some sort of safety yeah yeah, so in the next morning, you know, there's light flickering, a phone call, and I picked up, and the phone would, phone, I, I picked up the phone, and it says, uh, it, it sounds beep, and I'm thinking, who is calling me? Who, who knows that I stay here? So I looked out the balcony, and some woman walked from the behind, entered the lobby from the behind door, so she's working there. And I thought, okay, let's pack so, so, and I can ask who who might have called me earlier. Mm -hmm. So I went down to the lobby and I asked her, did you call me um, in my room today? And she said, no, nobody, nobody was here. I was the, I'm the first one um, checking in today, this morning. And no one, no one was here. And so, okay, I thought that was odd. So I picked up a phone to and called a called a friend that I was uh, organizing a meet in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. And I told him all about that experience, and he didn't know what to say. So he hands the phone to his mom by saying, "Here, talk to my mom. She's a psychologist." Okay. Yeah, and then I told her the same story, and then the one. And only thing she said is, you are crazy. Go back to your country. What? Yeah. (sighs) Oh, 
God. You know, you said something earlier. You said that workaholism in Asia is really normal. And I wanted to say then, but I didn't want to interrupt you, that just because something's normal doesn't make it okay. And I'm feeling that again now, that, yeah, it's pretty normal for Americans (laughs) to be racist. And that doesn't make it okay. And I'm so sorry that that happened to you. That's all right. I think there was a purpose, um, spiritual purpose, and I am making the most out of the experience. Of course. Even though it was a tough 10, 12 years to 11 years to navigate through the pain, I've learned a lot. Yeah. So what happened next? So I went to Korea, came back to my apartment in financial district, and at the time, this was the only appropriate response. I went online and I logged. I typed. Dating him was the worst mistake of my life. And I did just that. And mm-hmm. people start, started saying mean things about me, toward me. So, and I said mean things back and then that spiral downhill went down for about three weeks yeah yeah Yeah. uh... it's so hard not to get caught up in that game you know and to feel like you need to defend yourself and then you find yourself saying things that you wouldn't normally say and thinking who who even am i who is this person you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then what happened? And then I wasn't drinking water and I wasn't eating and I was just focused on, you know, the counter, counter, you know, attack and balancing, you know, whatever yeah. have you online. And one day in the morning, I heard a beep sound in my both ears. Mm hmm. And then I, I know my eyes were closed because I was so tired. And at the, in the back of my eye, I saw an angel figure, like a white light wow. with the shape of an angel. And it wasn't, I wasn't seeing it from my eyes. Mm-hmm. I was seeing it from the eyes from behind. And it was all new to me. I never experienced anything like that. And then my soul escaped my body to the roof and was hovering around. And it felt normal just to know (laughs) that it was a soul thing, right? Yeah. But at the time, I had no comfort about what soul was. And at the same time, I was freaking out. And I was saying, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to go yet. Because you thought you were dying. Yeah. Yeah. And once I recognized that and said that to myself, the soul and the mm-hmm. body and the, and the roof hovering, and it came back. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much came back because later on I found out that in shamanism you do soul retrieval. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from a trauma. And, and I, yeah. I did that in 2017 more so than 2009. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, something came back and and then I called my I called the cops because I was getting death threat and the cop called my dad and Ted drove in from two hours away and mm-hmm. and then dad told me let's go to the hospital. I we went to see a doctor just to check up and um, I have been in the hospital before so. I make sure that my dad won't put me in the mental hospital again. Mm-hmm. So, so he assured me that, and I saw the doctor, and the doctor said she has to be admitted. Um, so I was locked up for another three months, and you know my dad wasn't <laughs> my dad at home, and yeah, yeah, just. I think what I missed the most was the breeze, like natural breeze. Yeah. I have a real button around this because my sister, um, I have an adopted sister and we adopted her later in life, partly because of this experience. Um, When she was younger, we were best friends and she was institutionalized against her will uh, when we were both teenagers. And they gave her a lot of drugs that changed her personality, that affected her memory permanently. She still has missing chunks of our childhood. Things that I remember that she used to be, we called her the archives. She just, she remembered everything. And there are just these big chunks that are now just gone. And it makes me so angry every time I think about it, because I know that They tell themselves that they were trying to help her. I get that. But really, they just didn't want to deal with it. They didn't want to sit with her through that and hold her hand through that pain and help her face down those demons. And so they locked her up in a place where they wouldn't have to think about it for a while. And it still makes me so angry. Mm. (sighs) So I just want you to know that you're not alone. A lot of people have experienced this, uh, and it's and it's not fair. It's mm. not okay. Mm. It's not okay. Um, and and hearing from you, who didn't have this experience, but by 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 proxy, by proxy, yeah, family um, gives me sort of um, healing. You know that there's people out there care. Um, yeah. Yeah, we do. We do. So, go on. Yeah, and then after three months, I started exercising. Um, I put on weight, 20 pounds, and uh, hired a personal trainer, worked with him for two years, and started working I think at first, after the hospital, I was laying in bed numb for about a year. Mm -hmm. Um, But luckily, um, my parents brought me a dog. um, Oh, good. Raising for seven seven years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Animals can be so healing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so since then, I, um, you know, started teaching again mm-hmm. um, I love teaching and I think the pinnacle of that 
path ended in 2016 when I was working with uh, college graduate engineers, STEM college graduates, uh -huh. by the Korean government in the financial district in South Korea again. So, <laughs> you know, Phoenix born out of the ashes um, yeah. and at the top of the career again, you know, teaching what I love to do. And then now it's, it was another time to change. Um, so from 2016 and now I did a lot of healing, meditation. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. And what do you do now? Now I founded a company called Life of Emerald mm -hmm. and I aim to bring thought leaders in psychology, education, divination, um, philosophy, life coaching, medicine to begin talking about, you know, what does it mean to live a quality life and how yeah. can we help Mother Earth? Mm -hmm. Yeah, things like that. And I'm an astrologer, so mm -hmm. it's been really fun meeting people and giving them consultation about how to um, mitigate or navigate their life wiser. Yeah. 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 That's wonderful. So what do you think has been blocking you from telling this story before now? Yeah, this is... I think this is significant for anyone who um, may go through significant trauma in their life because what has blocked me is because I did not know what was what until years later, until all this healing set in place. Yeah. And I got to see a clear story at least from my perspective, of what started my action, my action caused what, what caused what, cause an action, cause and reaction. Mm -hmm. And all these years I was blaming myself for, you know, writing that blog. But now I know I take my power back. Yeah. Now I know um, from according to the law in under psychology association, no psychologist can tell people that they're crazy. That's right. Yeah. So I found that out like eight years later, the trauma. Mm -hmm. So all these years I was blaming myself for making that blog, right? Right. Secondly, I was fearing, I was fearing that when, when I speak about this again, mm -hmm. that those people who was involved in the past would come after me. Yeah. Yeah. Because they know my story. And sure. How can they know if I don't know either? Yeah. Yeah. This, like you said, there's a big stigma around mental health issues. And to admit that you're anything less than perfectly mentally healthy is like putting a big target on your head a lot of the time. People will attack, you know, when they see that, that weakness and that vulnerability. But it's also, it's so important, like you said, to take that power back and say, no, it's, there's more going on here. <laughs> 
I'm not just crazy. Trauma matters. And other people who have suffered trauma need to know that it's not their fault. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how did this change you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, great question. It matured me. Mm. Um, It made me more compassionate. And... I, I think that different from other people, I don't fear death anymore. Yeah. What do you think death is? Death is the other side of the life, meaning life and death coexist. With death, there is life. With life, there is death. Hmm. Um, yeah, two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. And death is not to be feared. Because we are a spiritual being having a human experience. Mm-hmm. And once the physical body dies, our soul moves on. It does not, it, it lives on, like energy mm-hmm. transferring to another form. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I am using death is like a deadline teachers give you in school you have to do this <laughs> project before this day mm-hmm. and because of the deadline i get my act moving i get i get to do my work yeah yeah, yeah i like that <laughs> yeah i think uh, a world without death would be a terrible place a really terrible place <laughs> I think about this a lot. You know, I watch sort of these um, uh, future dystopia shows where they've conquered death in some way. And it never has a good ending because death is what makes life precious. It's what makes it poignant and it's what makes us recognize its value. So without death, life would just be existence, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think life will become stale. Very. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what do you think is the main message or takeaway that you want people to walk away from this story with? Yeah, Mm. and connecting to my soul purpose and mission, Mm -hmm. I like to um, show the world that the scientific, materialistic, reductionist thinking is not all one and end it all, right? Yeah. Because it's operating from an umbrella under the assumption that ABC does not exist. Spirituality mm-hmm. exists. Ghosts exist. Our mm-hmm. soul is real. Mm-hmm. Uh, the you know the God realm is real, according to the Buddhism and Christianism, Christianity. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think the message is before you assume that someone is wrong, think twice about that. Yeah. Before saying anything, judging yeah. it, because everybody is operating from a cognitive bias that we don't know it exists. Absolutely. And we can only see what, let's say, rainbow. Um, we can see rainbow, but not other right light light spectrum with our physical eye. Does not mean that there doesn't exist other forms of light. Yeah. So I want to do a little exercise with you that I've never done before, but I'm feeling like doing it right now. <laughs> well, I want to take you back and rewrite your story a little bit. I want you to put yourself back into that moment when you called your friend and he put his mother on the phone. And this time I want you to be the other person on the end of that phone. You've just gotten a call from this person who's very scared, who's very upset, who's just had an experience that they absolutely cannot explain and has shaken them to their core. What do you want to say to that person? Uh, I say, <clears throat> oh, I'm, I'm sorry to, I'm sorry you're feeling that way. I'm sorry you're terrified. You're vulnerable. I, uh, I wish I was there to hold you uh, and let you know everything is okay. And you know, hang in there. Um, we are here for you. I know it's tough, and your experience is not you. Hmm. I like that. Your experience is not you. That's beautiful. How would you let yourself know? Let's imagine now that you're actually talking to yourself back in time. Would you want to let yourself know that you've had experiences now that show you that there are other things that we can't explain? That there is more beyond the veil than what we can just see and touch and experience here how would you let yourself know that yeah if I am there in 2009 I would let myself know that everything I experience is normal to Mm. me Mm -hmm. and trust it's part of life hmm And let's step back from all the emotions. Yeah. And look at the situation from an observational mind. Mm hmm. And let's um, strategize who to tell, who not to tell. Right. 
based on people's um, evolutionary journey, their, their their characteristics and their level of spiritual integrity. Right. Not everyone is woke, right? Not everyone's <laughs> going to get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the best way of looking at it is okay from an observation perspective Kate you're a 12th grader let's not tell the kindergartners oh that's so good I love that (laughs) (laughs) yeah don't freak out the kindergartners they're not gonna get it yeah (laughs) absolutely that's brilliant I love that so yeah if someone out there who's listening to this right now has just had a really weird experience that they can't explain, I think that's really wonderful advice that you've just given them that an experience is an experience. It happened. It doesn't necessarily have a deeper meaning for you. It might, but it might have just been a thing that occurred and that might be normal for you. And that's okay. Just because it's not normal for other people (laughs) doesn't mean it can't be normal for you. So what would you say to someone who um, is really feeling like, okay, the people around me don't get it. I'm in this, you know, I'm having this experience. I'm having these visions or I'm experiencing things that my family or my friends are scared of, they don't understand it. How would you help that person navigate that situation specifically? I would say do research online. Look for a psychologist who have a spiritual background. Mm, Great advice. Yeah. And also understand that you are a sovereign being Mm. that no one can take power away from you unless you give them so once you find the spiritual psychologist you're working with they're playing a role of a guide but not necessarily they're above you no one can be mm -mm. you are the absolute authority over yourself yeah so by that framework always always respect your emotion Mm -hmm. and your your intuition at the same time it's okay to be vulnerable because there are people out there who really want to help yeah Yeah, and and who can help you absolutely Yeah. yeah i love that Uh, You said something really beautiful in there, and I'm trying to remember what it was. (laughs) You said such great things. Oh, just that idea of, of you being sovereign is so important, that you are the final authority over yourself and your life. And other people can have useful tools, and other people can have helpful um, strategies 
and can share their own stories that might resonate with you. And that's great. But at base, it's, it's always going to come down to what you think is right and what you feel is right. Yeah, and then, but there's a caveat to that. There's, you know, the, the double-edged sword. Um, sure. When you're stressed and distressed, sometimes you don't know what's best for you. That's right. Yeah, so for audience um, listening who, um, on the other side of what I shared earlier is that, you know, like, first check in with your soul at the same time. You have to find the person you trust and let them sort of get you out of the tunnel. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Tunnel. the spiral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The spiral. Mm-hmm. So in and embracing life is a risky thing. Anything in life is a risky thing. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so true. But it's worth it, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> a big adventure. <laughs> Absolutely. So what, uh, what has this new adventure brought you? I was thinking specifically of Life of Emeralds. Oh, sure. Yeah, because I understand the um, different life experiences when I bring in guests to my studio, it's really magical. I get to... Yeah live vicariously through them with them and talk about the topics that I didn't even know that existed, you know, in, in, in along the lines of healing industry. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the adventure is um, the more I put myself out there, the more like universe brings gifts to me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what um, that's the path I'm taking, and in in hopes of helping many people who are silent listeners, um, me being courageous to show up. Yeah, is my my work. Yeah, my responsibility. What are some of the gifts that it has brought you so far? Yeah, it brought me you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. it brought me um, a lot of healing a lot Mm -hmm. and um, ability to rethink about life in terms of life happened for me like it happened for me it's a pronoic universe yeah yeah, and I can finally put a closure to what happened in 2009 mm-hmm. uh, as, I, as I'm taking my life experiences to gift it back to the world mm-hmm. and it brings gift back to me. So it's been a blessing um, learning more about the world and me, myself and everybody around and humanness. Yeah. Like all in this together. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we're seeing that more and more right now. Just people realizing how interconnected they really are and how much we need each other. Yeah. Yeah. 
Thank you so much for joining me. Is there anything else that you want the audience to know? Thank you for having me. Um, the last thing I would say is hang in there and there is a gift to what you're going through. There's a gift. Yeah. I love that idea that it's happening for you, not to you. Life is happening for us, whether we recognize it at the time or not. (laughs) Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot lately, actually, because, you know, with this whole COVID-19 thing, um, I, a, a while ago, I started, I tried to start a business and I just, no matter what I did, I could not get this thing off the ground. And I was like beating my head against it. I really, really, really wanted this to work. It was my husband and I trying to get this thing off the ground. And it was basically a, not competitor necessarily to Airbnb, but it was sort of Airbnb-like, but it was specifically for people who host others in their home. So not just someone who, you know, rents out a space, but someone who actually invites guests into their home. And because my mom was one of those people and I felt like they're sort of a special group and I wanted to give them, you know, that honor. And I look back at that and I go, if that had worked and that was my whole life now, my life would be destroyed. Do you see what I mean? Like it would have been a complete disaster. And so I'm so grateful now looking back that that didn't work. But at the time, it seemed like, you know, oh, this is terrible. I've put so much money and so much effort into this thing, and now we're in debt, and we don't have anything to show for it. And it's like, well, okay, but you dodged a bullet (laughs) that you didn't even know about. (laughs) And the universe works like that, you know? Uh, God, whatever you want to call it, like, works like that. We can't see the whole picture. We're looking at like one tiny little fraction of a facet of a giant thing. And so you just have to trust at some level. You just have to kind of throw yourself out there and trust that there is a plan. You're just not privy to it. (laughs) I I love that you say we just have to trust. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we don't see everything, huh? No. (laughs) I think we try so hard to control everything. And the thing is, not only should you not try to control everything, you can't control everything. You know, even if you could, you wouldn't want to. That would be kind of a miserable existence. You definitely don't want you to be in charge. (laughs) Yeah, uh, you take a passenger seat, right? And let the universe take you along the journey. That's right. right. It's really nice that you, that, that business didn't work out, but now, now it's a blessing. That's right. And that's something that I'm promoting to the world, you know, even though I had this difficult challenges and it's a gift because I, I know exactly what I want to do with my life. Yeah. And doesn't that feel wonderful? When you find that, when you find your true gift and it just feels so right and you go, yeah, this is it. This is what I'm meant to do. This is what, if I'm not doing it, nobody's doing it. Yeah, that's, um, that's, um, if I'm not doing it, nobody's doing it. And like you, you have your own 
color, how you show up in the world. Mm-hmm. And I have my own color. And so I think everybody is very dynamic in their own unique ways. Yeah. And yeah, and at the same time, everyone's interconnected. So I'm under the um, philosophy, operating under the philosophy that when everyone wakes up to their truest potential, then the the universe, the earth would know true diversity, beauty, harmony, and peace. <sighs> well, that sounds absolutely wonderful. And we'll keep doing our part to make it happen, right? Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me today, Kate. This has been absolutely lovely. Thank you very much for having me, Adrian. Uh, it was really delightful to speak about it and helping other people who are listeners of your of your show. Yeah. So, how can people find you? Yep, they can find me on uh, Instagram mm-hmm. and the Life of Emerald underscore s also they can find me on my website www.lifeofemerald.com okay yeah um and facebook um i have a healing sanctuary it's called life of emerald sacred healing society is a Facebook, and i've gathered many healing tools for anyone to come and use and get healing um, I, I knowledge is power really absolutely yeah, yeah. well yeah, I might have to join that group that sounds pretty great welcome welcome Adrian <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for listening I hope you found this episode inspiring or at least entertaining Please subscribe and tell all of your friends to subscribe and, you know, like me and rate me and say nice things about me on social media. All that stuff really matters and it costs you zero dollars. And speaking of things that cost zero dollars, I give out 20 minute consultations for free for new clients. So listen, if you've got a story you're not telling, a brand that's in need of an authentic voice or a brand voice that's in need of great content and an audience to enjoy it, I would love to help you out. Head on over to my website, thatsallowed.com, to find out more. Are you ready to make your voice heard? Good, because that's allowed.